Hello and welcome to Series 4 of Lawyers Coach. My name is Claire Rayson and each episode of this podcast will feature myself or Oliver Hansard, both of us coaches and former lawyers, trying to find out what makes lawyers tick. We will be hearing from various guests and experts and then at the end of each episode we will both be reflecting on what they said. Lawyers Coach is brought to you by Client Talk and Hansard Coaching. In this episode, Ollie speaks to Ruth Heaton, who is Head of Learning and Development at Gately PLC. She's also an executive coach. She speaks to Ollie about the skills that lawyers will need to face the future. But first, Ollie asks her what it was that made her become a lawyer. This is an interesting one to think about, actually. So I track it back and my dad was a police officer. So he was a detective um, and so I was always quite intrigued by the law and had quite an interest in the way that the law kind of pervaded everything. And obviously, you know, in my home, it was very much in the kind of the forefront with what dad did. So I had like an interest in criminal law, I guess, initially. And I was lucky enough because of dad's connections. Actually, I did get to do some work experience um, as a teenager in various different criminal law firms kind of around and about West Midlands Um, and I did actually realise after a couple of work experiences and one particular one when I was working on it it was was really interesting but it was a really awful case where there was um, a father that had actually killed four of his children and his wife defending and I kind of came to the realisation that I really wouldn't be able to do that and my dad kind of put me off going for the CPS um, approach. So then I guess I just kind of drifted into the idea of corporate law and you know, started my law degree and did my vacation placements at the end of my second year and got my training contracts. And you almost kind of get on that hamster wheel and there you are. <laughs> <laughs> like many of us. Yeah, you're not alone yeah. in that for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then so you trained at you trained at Pinson's, I'm right in thinking. And then so from from Pinson's on to Gately's uh-huh. um, and then a then a, a, a big jump away from practicing. Yeah. Into, into L&D. Tell me about the motivation for that, because that's a, that's a fascinating move. I came back to Pinson's after my first round of maternity leave and just wasn't in a great place, really, with my confidence. It was also 2008. So I'd left, I left to go on maternity leave on the day that Northern Rock went. So kind of I'd qualified in that real boom time as a banking and finance lawyer um, and then came back to a world a year later after having my first child where the kind of the, the corporate lending landscape had changed entirely. My sister-in-law had got her own training company and she'd been saying to me for a little while that she would like me to go and work for her. She thought I'd be good at facilitation, but I, you know, to be honest, I just didn't really have the guts to, to do it. But then this kind of situation that I found myself in being back at work when I really wasn't very happy, uh, just kind of gave me that nudge I needed to say, do you know what, I'm going to take a bit of a risk and take the leap. And I went and worked for her for a couple of years and I absolutely loved it so I did that but then had my second child and kind of family finances dictated that I probably should give being a lawyer another whirl so I found myself at Gately and um, so I'd worked with Gately quite a bit when I was at Pinson's and had some good relationships there 
and uh, went and worked in the banking team there back at Gately for three, four years. But really, I, you know, I, I enjoyed the law, but I was really missing that kind of fire in my belly that I'd found with people development. You know, I was doing things like, so I was fee earning, but I had actually spotted an opportunity to run some appraisal skills training as I kind of spotted it as a bit of a gap. So I was doing that for all the partners alongside fee earning. Um, and then I got promoted to senior associate, which was fantastic, but I re- really prompted one of those moments. And I thought, oh gosh, if I'm still sat here in five years time doing this, then I'm not sure that's a great thing. So the stars really aligned because I just started thinking if I could do people development in a law firm, wouldn't that be great? And then the role came up at Gately and they were fantastically supportive. And I can really sense that passion that you've got for L&D uh, yeah. and, and an optimism that, that lawyers can be developed, that, that it's not just about their legal training, that there are, there's other parts of their, their skills that can be developed. Is, is that something that um, you've seen as you've done that role? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I always, you know, my kind of natural personality trait is more that kind of, you know, about relationships and just about you know, the, the what you can get from, as a lawyer, what you can get from developing other people in that role. But then the importance of just all the other stuff, uh, you know, the, the management, the leadership, the building relationships, whether that's with clients or with your team. And just how powerful that can be and how important it can be in terms of how engaged and motivated um, people feel. You know, I saw firsthand when I had that experience I referred to at, at Pinsons when you're managed badly, the impact that that can have. So I've always had a real belief that it makes just such a fundamental difference to how happy people are at work and therefore how motivated how you know how well they're going to perform effectively and how long they'll stay so so yeah I I strongly believe that it can make a difference and there's huge room for lawyers to be more than just technically brilliant I mean I think it's a given isn't it like lawyers it, it should be a given that they are technically brilliant and it's all the other stuff that makes a difference I think in terms of you know are you going to want that lawyer to be your lawyer um so yeah it's hugely important and have you found lawyers at Gately open-minded to that, that you know, almost that, that culture of continuous learning? Is that something that is welcome there in the business? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I think it's been, it's been a, a curve. So I came into the role of learning and development and there was no learning and development team, which was slightly strange. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it, it kind of just really started to be recognised that this was a real gap. So I have kind of built it up from nothing, I guess. Um, and there's obviously, I mean, I think in any business, you're never going to get 100% of the people. You're always going to get the occasional person that's just more wedded to that whole, you know, would know a lawyer, fears, records every six minutes, and that's pretty much it. Um, but no, the, the the vast majority of the business are hugely bought into it um, and the importance of it and I think particularly the last you know 16 17 months with the pandemic has really just shown how valuable it is uh, so yeah I definitely feel I feel very supported um, particularly at a senior level. Great and, and you, you mentioned the pandemic how has the the firm learned new skills and adapted to those new circumstances in the <laughs> past two years or so? Uh, fast, 
(laughs) That's what's been so interesting, hasn't it? Just when change is forced upon you, how quickly people can adapt and and we did adapt. And I think, you know, Gately is really good at that. So, you know, obviously it was really quick. Suddenly everybody was at home and, you know, having to work remotely. And I think, you know, in terms of whether or not it's new skills, I'm not sure I believe that particularly that people have had to develop new skills because of the pandemic. I just think that people have had to use the skills they should always have been using. Like if you if you are not managing well, if you're not investing your time in developing relationships and communicating with people and taking time to manage in a situation when you're not sat at the desk next to the person you're managing, then it just shows up in spades. You cannot get away with not doing it anymore. So I don't particularly think that it's new skills. I think it's just that you have to do the fundamentals of management and leadership really, really well to make it work in a remote environment. And I think because they're under the microscope, more yeah, in some regards. And it well, yeah, it just it just shows up. I mean, if you've got somebody that's sat on their own at home and their manager doesn't phone them, doesn't check in with them, doesn't offer any em- empathy for the situation that they're in doesn't trust them. So I don't know if you, even if, if you go to the other end of the scale, so they're, they're trying to micromanage them when you're in that situation, it's just not going to work. So um, it's definitely been a learning curve. And, but I think what was great was actually learning and development. We were really able to step up and support people, um, both in the terms of the way that people were feeling, but then also just offering training and just some kind of top tips and we put out resources and um, guides for people about just those reminders about actually what you needed to be doing in terms of supervising remotely because I think when you're in the office and someone's physically in your face you can sometimes just get away with kind of just stroking people along sometimes whereas when they're not physically there you've got to it's got to be an active part of your day that you take time out to do the managing, to do the leading. Which is work. And, yep. and, and, and my experience in, in dealing with lawyers is they only think they're working when they're doing those six minutes of travel <laughs> time. But everything you've just described is good management and is someone's work. Absolutely. It's com- and that, I think that's the, that's the journey that a lot of lawyers have had to go on is realizing that management and leadership isn't something that you do on the side it's not the thing that you do at the end of your day should you have some time left it has to be an integral part of your every day um you know it's not something that falls off the bottom of the to-do list if something else more important comes up because if you haven't got effective engaged happy people working with you then you're going to be in trouble quite quickly and how optimistic are you that that those those good management behaviors that all that effort that people have taken to to manage more effectively over the last year and a half or so how Mm. optimistic are you that the good will stay and those bad habits won't creep back in (laughs) that's an interesting question isn't it and i think that's the challenge that you know come September for us really when we're saying we're going to be back at work when we move into this kind of hybrid world 
which I think most law firms are going to be faced with, um, that we don't get people that just spring back <laughs> to, to, to the way to the way it was before. And I think spending time thinking really carefully about how it's going to work in a hybrid world when you haven't necessarily got all of your team, you know, at the moment, again, you know, whilst it's far from my ideal, 100% of people are at home. So you're kind of managing that. That's the situation, aren't you? And before it was largely that 100% of the people give or take the odd person that might be working flexibly. Um, they were in the office. Whereas I think in the new world, in September, when we're in this hybrid world, you're constantly going to have, you know, there'll probably be the rare day when you get the whole team in, but largely you're always going to have some people out, some people in. So making sure you're creating that inclusive environment and people feel part of the team and um, feel equally valued, no matter what kind of new working pattern they're on, I think is definitely going to be a challenge, but it's one that we've really got in our kind of in our in our mind's eye and one that we're already starting to think about in terms of putting resources and guides and helping people and supporting people to really engage with what that's going to look like and the fact that you know people need to think about it and not just fall back on old behaviors um moving forward and can you give us a glimpse of what that might look like at gately what how you're going to encourage the good to stay and and, and the, the bad not to re-emerge? <laughs> um, well, I think it's just simple things. So, you know, for example, we've started thinking about meetings. So actually, how are meetings going to happen um, going forward when you've got, say, 85% of the team in the office, but 15% not? And I think the temptation, if we were to, it might be to go back, you know, the old way it used to be where you'd have everybody around a board table and two people on a squat box and how they, you know, in terms of how valuable that meeting would be for those two people on the squat box, you know, not being able to really hear what people were saying, not really feeling like they could get in a, a word in edgeways to be able to express a view, et cetera. You know, so we need to think about actually, well, if hundred percent of people can't be physically present, then we need to hold the meeting by teams and just putting that out there as a, you know, that, that's what needs to happen to make sure that we are not kind of going backwards. Because I think there's been, you know, obviously, in no would you ever say, ever say the pandemic has been a good thing, but there are things that have come out of it. Like I would say that there are a lot of people in our business that say that they feel more connected to their colleagues than they did before. A team wow. has been Great fantastic. Outcome. Yeah, and I, I really do think that, and well, lots of people have said it to me, so I know they feel like that. You know, it used to, I mean, it used to be, you know, my job is largely internally, um, but my mobile phone just doesn't ring anymore. Everybody contacts me via Teams using the video. So I see people's faces all the time. We talk more, and I think people do feel in many ways more connected, but I just, I do think that there's just stuff to think about and we need to just help people and just, make sure people are self-aware and engaging with the fact that they need to think about how they're going to manage people in this world where people are half in half out and then how about the clients do you think these habits are are engendering better client relationships and more effective ways of working with clients i think with clients and, and i think i know it's it's similar isn't it it's like you you pretty much with clients they've all been at home too 
So I think that it's just a case of just, it's all about communication, isn't it? It's about speaking to your clients and understanding what good service looks like to them. What do they need from us and providing that? So understanding, you know, do they want face-to-face meetings or are they comfortable doing this virtually? You know, how do they how do they want their service provided and, and flexing accordingly? So you've had success with teams and remote working and, and technology in that regard. Do you yeah. think that has given the business more confidence to use tech in other ways in, in the way it delivers its services to clients? I think so. Um, I think, you know, much the same as any other law firm, you're kind of moving towards a more digital world and you know, what that looks like, you know, automation of documents and in getting people to embrace that stuff. And I think probably what the pandemic has done as well is, you know, for people that perhaps found embracing IT difficult because they were forced to do it, they've learned that they can do it. And we've got a fantastic IT training team and a really good IT team at Gately who are really patient and understanding and can give that kind of one-to-one support to people to embrace new technologies. So, so yeah, I, I don't think you can afford not to embrace new technologies. And you know, we are forward thinking in the way that we go about stuff. So, yeah, I think definitely be embracing technology where it where it adds to the service that we're providing to clients i see from your linkedin profile that you, you describe yourself as head of thrive at gately as well yeah Just tell us a little bit about that fascinated to know how that works in the business sure so i head up our health and well-being um, initiative so this is called gately thrive um so this started i think 20 20- 17 we put this network it's kind of an one of our employee employee network groups and um, we put that together in 2017 um when i kind of offered to to kind of head up this this space um and that's been a really exciting and interesting and hugely personally valuable kind of journey for me i i decided we were looking at mental health first aid and how that might work in the business. And I, I decided that rather than kind of paying somebody to keep coming in and delivering mental health first aid training, that I would go and get qualified. So I went and did my um, adult instructor mental health first aid course with Mental Health First Aid England. So I'm now an adult instructor for them, which means that I can certify and accredit people internally, which has been brilliant. And so I've learned so much through doing that and I can deliver various of the other courses and have really kind of found a real interest in just in in the whole mental health piece so um I've kind of really driven that in the business we've got over 70 mental health first aiders now but it's not just about mental health first aid it's about the whole well-being piece as well so introducing um mandatory mental health training for all our managers so you know managers can be a real critical kind of differentiator in terms of the way that people feel about being at work. And so we run this kind of um, managing for mental health training, which has been fantastic. Actually, I was was quite nervous about rolling that out, about how it would be received, kind of making all of our partners sit down and do training around mental, mental health awareness and what they could do within their teams to ensure they have mentally healthy teams. 
but it went down so well. I got so much engagement, so many really good conversations um, about that. Um, we signed up to the Mindful Business Charter in May this year, so I'm just implementing that. Um, and then just making sure that all of our people have got access to training around you know, building habits around personal resilience and, and managing stress because, you know, let's face it, you can't ever say that being a lawyer or working in the professional services environment is never going to be stressful because it because it is. So it's just about giving people the tools to be able to, to deal with that. And, you know, we see mental health, mental illness figures on the rise. And I think we, you, know, you can't afford to ignore it as a business. So we've been doing quite a lot on that front. And, you know, I find it personally really valuable. And I, and I, I, I think that, you know, gately people do feel like we do really care about their well-being. And, and are really trying on that front. So coming to the end of the, the conversation now, uh, we just take a, a moment just to reflect back a little bit. You've, you, you know, you've, you've come up through the traditional uh, route of training in law firms and then obviously found this passion for L&D. Mm-hmm. Are you able to kind of consider, you know, from a career perspective, what do you think you would define as success in that career? Oh, I feel like I'm on the high performance podcast, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> um, success for me is about it's about when you get an email from somebody after you've done a training session or after you've just been doing some coaching or or whatever it is, and just when they say thank you and how useful that has been or how valuable and it's made a real difference or help them with a specific situation. And it's just those little moments. Cause like you say, you know, lawyers and their six minutes, I always think if somebody bothers to take a couple of those minutes to contact you after a session and say how great it was, that that really does kind of make a difference to me. And, and I guess on a bigger scale, just really feeling like I can, from a personal perspective about shaping um, our culture and you know our employer brand and you know why people would want to come and work at Gately and kind of being part of that um, is really fulfilling. Ruth it's been great talking to you thanks ever so much for your time um, you've been a fantastic guest thank you very much. Thanks Oliver. So that was Ollie speaking to Ruth Heaton and Ollie is with me now. Ollie really interesting comments there around management really flowing through the conversation starting off about the impact of bad management on Ruth herself and then flowing through um, where she speaks about how you just can't get away with it anymore and management can't be something that you just leave um, at the bottom of the to-do list when all the client work is done. Absolutely Claire and putting good management good management skills and obviously learning and development which Uh, Ruth is really passionate about at the centre of a lawyer's agenda. So important that that yes, lawyers need to do the client work, but also developing and mentoring and leading are key activities for them and are actually working themselves. Work isn't just about chargeable time. It's about being being a, a strong leader in the round. So it was really good to get get her perspective and see what Gately is up to in developing their leaders. So no, a fascinating conversation. 
And this is the last episode in the series. I can't believe we're, we're already at, at, um, at episode six. And this whole series has been about the things that law firms and lawyers need to think about um, to succeed, which go way beyond the law itself. So, you know, starting off um, the, the journey, we were talking about legal tech. We've um, grappled with how to get more women into leadership roles. We've spoken about sustainability um, you know, quite overwhelming, really, the different things that the lawyer of today needs to get their head around. That's right. And and it's funny, you know, as I have these conversations, I'm sure you do, Claire, you reflect back to the motivations for us Brilliant. becoming involved in the legal industry. And all these issues that we've been discussing with all our, our guests are ones that that one never thinks about when when that journey starts yet to, to be be effective in the industry you need to have all these different tools and have points of view on all in all these different areas so yeah it, it, being successful in the law I suppose is increasingly challenging and I think my you know one of my reflections is uh, and I think it was Pam that was talking about how many people become lawyers because they want to make a difference and you know perhaps they then get stuck in big law or they get stuck in you know the hamster wheel I think Ruth described it as um, and and you know perhaps move away from that initial vision around why it was they became a lawyer in the first place and you know perhaps what this series has shown is that you know there there is scope for you to be that trusted advisor and to tap into your passion and that passion might well be the law but it might be something that you combine with the law um, that will make a huge difference to to your clients to other stakeholders and you know in the case of sustainability you know the world itself almost I think that's right and and there are so many different ways that you really can make a difference and that's probably a really optimistic way to end the series yeah I've really enjoyed doing this one with you Ollie and I look forward to series five Absolutely. Look forward to it, Claire. Have a great summer and a great break. Thanks, you too. Lawyers Coach is brought to you by Client Talk and Hansard Coaching. If you're enjoying this series, please rate us on your podcast provider so that others can find us. If you're a lawyer and would like to take part in Lawyers Coach, please visit our website, lawyercoach.co.uk, for further details. And you can also join the conversation on our LinkedIn group, Lawyers Coach. If there are any topics you'd like to hear us discuss, then just get in touch.